Hi, this is Lucia with The Art of Love. I'm a dating and relationship expert specializing in helping you get your ex back. And welcome back, No Contact Army. Have you been living according to our slogan, We Don't React, We Do No Contact? I certainly hope so. And if you too would like to enlist in the No Contact Army, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button and the bell notification and you're in. And to view the No Contact Army manual, go to nocontactsecrets.com where you can read two free chapters before purchasing the book. And No Contact Army soldiers, I have some marching orders for you. I'm going to be answering questions for free on the Clubhouse app. So you can join my room, the Get Your Ex Back room, and also follow me. All the links are below the video. And once I have at least a hundred members in the room, I can start um, doing some live sessions and answering your questions. So this week I want to talk about no contact and the dumper. Usually we talk about the person who has been dumped doing no contact. But there are two exceptions when you have to do no contact if you were the dumper, and that is if you were cheated on and or if you were taken for granted. So I have an email from a coaching client of mine who was taken for granted, and um, I'm going to show you what she did, what happened, and uh, we'll see. It's an interesting story. So she starts with, we had a couple of coaching sessions. The first one was June or July of 2020. I'd been dating him since January 2020 and there were things I was concerned about. He was very close to talking about things and it was making me question his motives and our relationship. I knew most of his friends, but I'd never visited his place and had yet to meet his family. So that's a red flag right there. If you've been dating someone for about six months and you haven't met anyone from their family, but even worse, you haven't been to their place, like you know something's up. I always tell women, listen, I wouldn't even suggest you have sex with a guy unless you've been to his place. You wanna make sure he's not married or he's not living with someone or whatever. So to be six months with someone and never be to their place at their place, that's a huge red flag. Next, of course he had excuses for everything, of course, and I didn't care enough at that point to figure it out. When we had our coaching session, and I do remember speaking to her actually, you pointed out a few of these things as suspicious, but I honestly thought you were being extra, extra what? <laughs> extra careful? And asking pineapples from a mango tree. That's a very interesting analogy. However, you were right. What? I was right? Wow, that's so hard to believe. And you told me to stay away and let him come to me. I broke up with him because of these things. I was suspicious and also because he was being inconsistent with dates and things like that. Well, of course, the two go hand in hand. You know, if you haven't been to his place, there's going to be other things that are going to uh, raise your antenna and make you think something is up. I didn't feel like I was getting what I needed in the relationship, so I resourced to breaking up with him or pulling away a few times. But after a couple of weeks of him begging to get back together, either by calling or texting, I'd give in. And that's where the trouble begins when you do these fake breakups and you don't do them correctly. You just have them come back really easily. They just know they have to beg, beg and plead for a few days or a few weeks. Then you'll be like, okay, come on in. That's not how you do it. We fell in love at some point and it made it harder to be away from each other. I didn't fear I'd lose him for good if I didn't reply to his messages or calls. I was simply unable to stay away. At some point, he came clean and told me he was in the middle of a divorce. 
He didn't think we were going to last or that the relationship would be anything significant, so he never said anything. And at some point, he was so deep in his lie that he felt I'd walk away if he told me. So if he didn't, if it wasn't important and if it didn't think it was going to be anything, then why not just tell you? Why does he need to hide it? I know he was being sincere about his situation that he found himself in. At the same time, it showed in which ways he was flawed. There's no excuse for lying, but no one is perfect. All right, just stop it right there. <laughs> that is the excuse I hear all the time, and that's just not going to cut it here, okay? You can't let people get away with bad behavior and then just throw in, oh, but no one is perfect. Hey, he's a bank robber, but no one's perfect. Hey, he's a serial killer, but no one's perfect. You know, or the other excuse, well, he's just human. Well, we're all human. Yeah, and not everyone is going to lie in that situation. So by excusing bad behavior, you let him disrespect you even more because you were willing to just sweep that under the rug. It's like, okay, fine, no problem, no biggie that you didn't tell me you were getting divorced. As you'll see from his behavior as I read on. Um, so, okay, so after a big fight and a couple of weeks of not talking, of course, another fake breakup, we then developed a very close friendship with no secrets that you know of. <laughs> We talked about everything and I gradually met his family and saw his place. Well, finally. At the end of February 2021, we got into it because we were supposed to get together at 6.30 and when I texted to tell him I was on my way, his phone was off because he ran out of battery or something. Or so he said. By the time I got to the bar we agreed on, he called me to say that his friends and he were watching a game and that he'd meet me there in maybe over an hour. I was like, hell no, exactly. That's exactly what I would have said. I went off and broke it off over the phone. He called me over and over that night to tell me he was coming over, which I refused. That was a Sunday. On Tuesday, he started calling and texting and I ignored. By Thursday, he'd sent me a message asking if we were still on for our vacation in March. I broke and told him to please stop texting like nothing happened and to plan vacations with his friends which seemed to be more appropriate. I love it. Great response. He texted the next day saying, I love you. <laughs> you guys, and I do mean guys, like males, you're funny. You know you screwed up. You're sending all kinds of texts and calls. Nothing's working, and then you throw out the, I love you. <laughs> it's like abracadabra. That's supposed to make everything go away. Okay, I know I messed up, but by the way, I love you. <laughs> I love is also a verb okay you need to show it not just say it okay she said I didn't reply a couple of weeks went by and he asked if we could meet and talk I replied about three days later and agreed giving him a date for about four days later he was not having that he insisted that he wanted to see me sooner I obliged once again and agreed to see him a day later well, guess what? He once again said he'd be an hour after the agreed time. Exactly. Because he doesn't respect you. Because you do not stick to your word. Your word has to be impeccable, as Don Miguel Ruiz talks about in the Four Agreements. Your word is your bond. So when you say something, the people in your life, whether it's business or personal, they have to know that they can totally 100% count on you. And so if you say, okay, I'll meet you in four days, don't let him talk you into meeting with him sooner. 
because you're just showing weakness and that you can be swayed to give him what he wants. And so of course he doesn't respect you because you don't stick by what you say. And that's why he pulls these stunts of showing up an hour late. And he did it again. He was begging you to see you. He even said, I love you. And he dared to again be an hour late because he knew or he thought that you weren't going to do anything. You were just going to get mad as usual, not talk to him for a few weeks, and then you get back together. And that's why when you do fake breakups the incorrect way, this is what happens. They no longer trust you. They're not afraid of you, let's say. You know, it's like a child who never gets disciplined for bad behavior. So of course they're going to try to get away with all kinds of things like, well, last week I got away with this and this. Let's see what I can get away with this week. You are not punishing bad behavior. You're actually rewarding it. And that's what happens. At that point, I was absolutely exhausted and done. I believe that's when I had my second coaching session. I told you all about it, although I knew what you were going to say. I needed a reinforcement and for you to dissect it for me. And you did. And I agreed to not unblock him or move a single finger. That's right. That last breakup, I was really fed up. I told him F you and blocked him. And since I don't have social media, I didn't have to do anything in that area. I thought to myself, how many chances does it take? But we teach people how to treat us, exactly. And by doing these fake breakups, all I was doing was teaching him to walk all over my boundaries. What ba There were no boundaries. <laughs> you were showing him that you had no boundaries and make it okay for him to constantly screw up. I'm an attractive, confident, successful woman, but I still struggled with my uh, attachment anxiety. Yeah, because being confident, attractive, and successful has nothing to do with your attachment anxiety. You could be the most beautiful woman in the world. You could be the richest man in the world and still have attachment anxiety. Uh, it was a big challenge to make the decision to leave him for good while still being in love with him. I've never left someone while feeling in love. I let men disappoint me to the point of falling out of love, which made it easy for me to leave. And this is what a lot of women do. Unfortunately, that's why it's often harder to get a woman back because they stay and stay. They overstay and then they're done. They're like, okay, that's it. So that's why you got to be careful with disappointing a woman over and over because at one point it's just going to be the last straw and it'll be over. Uh, by the time they wanted me, yeah, I really was done. This was the first, but I was determined to get myself back. I realized I was at fault when I let those relationships go to hell for not holding myself to my own standards. That's right. And I continually settled for less for fear of being alone. I asked my friends to not mention him. <laughs> they have social media and I wanted no insight into what he was doing. I continued my meditations, workout routines got harder, I mean heavier, focus on my kids, family friendships, and encourage myself every day by having pep talks. It was hard, so extremely hard. Yes, when you have an anxious attachment style, it's extremely hard, as opposed to if you're an avoidant, it's a walk in the park. But I knew I could do it. I thought he was so, uh, he, he was too proud, and he was probably trying to find ways to blame me for the breakup. I wouldn't even try. So many people think that. They're like, he's never going to contact me. He's too proud. Yeah. Exactly. So she goes on to say, Lucia disagreed with me <laughs> when I said that I didn't think he'd reach out because I blocked him. She was right. What? I was right again. Wow. Two for two. <laughs> it, 
it got hard at the 30-day mark. It was my first time being in no contact that long. I was determined to love myself more this time. You have to choose you. You'll feel awful when you go back to feeling someone else controls your actions regardless of the outcome. And the outcome would not be good if I lose con- if you lose control of you. Know yourself well enough to know what your triggers are. I blocked because I know I wouldn't be able to resist at some point responding to a message or answering a call. Uh, yeah, I mean, I tell people not to block and unfriend and all that in the first two months, but if you have an anxious attachment style and you're going to react on your triggers, then please, by all means, do what you got to do to make sure you don't react. Block away and unfriend away and unfollow and all that. Um, so, okay, here we go. Here comes the juicy part. Day 46 of no contact. I was having dinner with friends and I received a text from a random number. It was him saying, hi, beautiful. <laughs> he noticed he was still blocked. Well, that's why he called from a random number. He hoped I was well and he missed me so much and hoped we could talk. I freaked out because I can honestly say I thought he would just keep his pride and not reach out, but I was wrong. I didn't really know what to do. I was triggered, but I didn't unblock. I didn't do anything for about 24 hours. Good for you. I ended up unblocking the next day and sending a quick, hope you're well. He replied immediately and we started talking. He wanted to go all in, saying he missed me and wanted to talk and he still loved me, but I kept it polite and short. He wanted dinner. I agreed to the following week. Throughout the week, he kept trying to see me sooner (laughs) again, and I was so wanting to say yes, but I continued to say we agreed to a different date and we'd keep it. Finally, finally, you stuck to your boundaries. You stuck to your word. That's how you show someone that you've changed. The date came, it was a Saturday, he had a big smile and looked genuinely nervous and excited. He told me that earlier he was so nervous to see me, I was too, but I didn't say that. Good. We talked and joked and it felt different, but in a good way, as if he was more in love than ever, as if he came to some realization. Well, that's the power of no contact. When you leave someone alone, they really start to think about what you mean to them. The way he spoke, the things he said, the way he looked at me in awe, He wanted me to know what had changed without me even asking. I tried to keep it light, but he wanted to visit past and future. I just laughed or smiled and said, oh, is that right? Or, oh, we'll see. I was not going to engage in anything too significant. Way to go, girl. Way to go. You learned your lesson. We had a great dinner at a rooftop restaurant, and he took me to another place after that, and we've been together ever since. He apologized and said I was the one for him and that he realized he wasn't the best or or most considerate partner, and he wanted better for us. I told him I'd let him show me with his actions. All right. I'm not making any important decisions at this point, but we've always talked about the future and I truly see something different around him. The way he looks at me and talks to me is like he fell in love even harder with my absence. (sighs) Yeah, because guys tend to fall in love when they are without the woman. They tend to fall in love in a woman's absence, whereas women, they fall in love when they're with the guy. So it's the total opposite. So that's why women can't believe that a guy is going to come back or miss them or want to see them if they don't see them. But it's that absence that makes them realize that they do have feelings for you. Uh, Part of the reason I decided to leave the relationship is that in my heart, I felt like going through 
his divorce, he needed to be free and experience being single. But he fell in love with me before all of that and jumped from a divorce to a committed relationship without any breaks. He needed that time for himself, but he wanted me too. Sometimes you have to be wise enough to walk away to save them and yourself from regrets. If it was meant to be, then it'd be that way regardless. He told me that the first month, although I was on his mind all the time, listen to this, he went out and partied and went on a trip. But he calmed down at some point and settled into a routine of spending time with his kids and on his own, thinking about us and kicking himself for losing me. See, so for the first month, he was out there doing his thing, even though he was thinking about her and missing her. Uh, making plans in his mind of all the things that he would do for and with me if he got me back. No contact is about, it's not about getting the back, it's about getting yourself back after exercising self-control and awareness. Don't lose yourself in a relationship because chances are that you'll fail at it and you will probably end up feeling empty anyway. You can't expect someone to truly love you when you don't know yourself who you are and when you're allowing someone else to determine your value. Love is about commitment and balance and there can be neither if you end up being the only one fighting for that relationship. Thank you, Lucia. You're the best. You're welcome. And now I want to hear from you. If you have done no contact when you were the dumper, what happened? What was the outcome? And in the meantime, if you would like my help to get your ex back, go to theartoflove.net. The direct link is below and we will send you the rates. If this video has been helpful, please remember to like, subscribe, and share. If you're listening to a podcast, please rate and review. And finally, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens.